Welcome to the Monday Morning Tears Cast, the first, best, and only podcast about the goings-on of the Monday Morning Tears Fantasy Football League. I am your mildly butthurt host, Daniel Kite, a.k.a. Vice President Kamara Harris, uh, bringing back the the recurring bit from the past couple seasons, the butthurt meter. I would say I'm sitting at about a a 5 out of 10 on the butthurt meter right now after that uh, pretty gruesome loss last night. Uh, just seeing Aaron Jones pile up four touchdowns against me when he was such a loyal member of the team last year. Uh, just it, it felt a little bit like a betrayal, but I, uh, I can't fault him for being the great player he is. Uh, and this week, we have week two to recap. And upon it was an active week, uh, a week where we saw a lot of injuries start piling up, and that's one that we'll talk about. Uh, so before I introduce our guest here, I'm just going to quickly recap the week's action. So we saw, first off, we saw Spittin' Llamas returning to form a little bit, knocking off Chief Chasing Roundtree, 86-79. to 79. We saw Obi John Kenobi give Team Ant- Antonio D'Onofrio 27 a taste of their own medicine, uh, knocking them off with their own 160-plus point game, 162-101. to 101. We saw Fields of Wet Dreams eke out a win against Show Me the Mooney. Devontae Adams, not enough for Andre to take the win in that one. Score being 102 to 99. We had the second worst drafted team, which I will chuckle every time I hear. Knock off the bag of Mixon, uh, 99 to 93. One of only two uh, 2-0 teams in the league. Uh, we had Ain't All Beer and Kittles. Come up victorious against D-Hop Hooray, who's been struggling early on. Uh, score there was 116-91. to 91. And then, as I mentioned, VP Kamara Harris lost in the final minutes to Sony side up. Uh, final score being 105-104. to 104. And this week, uh, you know, this wasn't exactly 100% planned, but uh, we have on the pod this week our number one place in the pod rank and the bi-weekly rankings. Uh, you know, the people have asked for it, so the people have gotten it. Uh, and I didn't even realize that we're up against each other next week. Uh, so it kind of works out perfectly right now. Uh, on the podcast here, we have Anal Beer and Kittles manager, Taras Gamanyuk. Taras, how we doing? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, you know. It was a <laughs> After last... School. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough. I, I'm not gonna lie. Did I did I feel you know a little bit of a mild hangover riding into work this morning? Maybe because I had to kind of just uh, numb the pain uh, of the loss last night. But you know what? I've gotten over it. I've dealt with it, and I still feel pretty good, as you can tell by me putting myself in third place in the power rankings. But uh, <laughs> you know, I'm doing about as good as I could here. Uh, how, how did you feel? Were you were you surprised to see that you were at number one there, or did you kind of have yourself rated that highly? I I, I was mildly surprised. I, I think I wouldn't put myself number one, probably in the top four, top five range, where you, where you guys had me originally. Um, just looking at my team, I I'm quite confident, and I like the team quite a bit. Um, I would say it's a bit delicate that injuries would really derail my season quite quickly. So uh, I think if everyone stays healthy, uh, I should be doing okay. But uh, the depth is not there uh, so far. 
Yeah, that's fair. My, my counterpoint to that is I feel like that's the case for every team in this league, though. I don't think any team would, you know, if, if any of us suffered a injury to our, you know, top running back or our top wide receiver or our, or our quarterback, if we drafted like a high-end quarterback, I think I think anyone who had that would be in a really rough position. So I, I, I'll push back on that. And I don't think your depth is as bad as you think it is. The, the, the one area where I think I would be really be worried about with uh, depth would be the wide receivers, uh, especially now with Deontay Johnson going down. What do you, how do you feel about your wide receiver core? Just from Deontay's history, he tends to exaggerate injuries, it seems like, because he gets hurt every game and then comes back in. So I'm hoping that's the case here. I, I didn't actually see the game, so I'm not sure how serious it actually was itself. Uh, but all reports seem like it's not as bad. Um, if he is out, I, I'm feeling a lot better about Pittman after this week. Uh, maybe once being out will hurt that, but I think he, he should be the number one there. And I think he'll only get better as the year goes on. So as long as he keeps getting that volume, which... Uh, I don't even know who their backup is. Who's who's a backup for Wentz? I believe it was. I think I can't remember if he's a rookie or not, but I believe it's a gentleman named Jacob Eason. That sounds familiar to me. Um, might be a rookie. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I mean, you guys harp on uh, my wide receivers too, but if you think back on your draft podcast, you yourself said it's the easiest position to fill, and that that kind of was my mindset going into the draft. Um, there you you always throughout the season. I feel like there there's a lot more receivers they can find that that can hold you over. They might not 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 be like your top top ten receivers, but um, they'll get you by. So I, I think Pittman can probably hold me over uh, until maybe uh, Thomas comes back and <laughs> actually plays this year. But who knows? I forgot you even had him. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That that's my. Uh, just pray I make it to 500 by week seven, and then hopefully uh, Thomas takes me to the championship. I think that's a decent bet at this point, honestly. I mean, I, I think you'll definitely be 500 by week seven. I'd be shocked if you weren't. I think I think the bigger risk is, is Michael Thomas actually going to play this year, which I, I am starting to feel perhaps more pessimistic about. Uh, just in terms of that, we haven't heard anything, and I feel like right now, no news is actually kind of bad news when it comes to Michael Thomas. Yeah, to, to, to me, it kind of feels like the Ben Simmons and uh, who's who's the ben other Sanders. one and and the, and the Watson situation. <laughs> that's kind of oh, okay. what the top, that, that's kind of what it's starting to feel like. Two great situations that are great comparisons to make you feel good about. Exactly, but I mean, it, it was a gamble, and I'm fine with it. Um, it, I think it was, I forget what pick it was, uh, but it, but it, if it, my mindset with that pick was that if it doesn't work out for this year, at least I have Thomas at a pre late round next year, um, which I think that the values there. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. And I mean, I have, I have Kyler Murray in one of my other leagues. It must just feel really uh, gratifying to see him go off. And especially for me, I have a bit of that buyer's remorse because I know Josh Allen and Kyler Murray went back to back. Uh, you know, you, me taking Allen, you taking Murray. And I was really agonizing over whether I wanted Murray over Allen. And I, again, I feel confident Allen's going to bounce back. Like he's not going to average 16 points a game this year. Um, but it has, uh, it's made me a little bit butthurt seeing Kyler Murray uh, put up all these points early on. That's got to make you happy. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on the Allen front. I, I think he's only going to get better. Um, it was It's not a great start to the season, but I still think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, Kyler, Kyler just looks amazing. Like the, the Arizona in general looks a lot better um, with with all the added weapons they have now. Um, yeah, I pretty high on Kyler. I try to target him in all my drafts, and I was surprised he fell. Uh, I, I didn't think I'd get him at, at the fourth round. So thanks to you, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, well, you wouldn't you wouldn't have got him if someone had taken Josh Allen because I definitely would have taken Kyler Murray in that case. But uh, yeah, you can you can thank the rest of the draft for that, I suppose. Wait, well, no, I was saying thank you for not taking him. <laughs> right, right, right. Understood. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Is there anything else you wanted to like kind of get into with your matchup? Like, I know you uh, you knocked off uh, Nick's team pretty handily this week. You know, any moments of nerviness there? Anything that you saw this week be on the Deontay injury that maybe uh, caught your eye in terms of performances on your team? No, I, I mean, I I think it was uh, fairly smooth sailing, all things considered, against Nick. Um, the Deontay injury wasn't great. Uh, I didn't get to see much of the f- one, one o'clock and four o'clock games, so I'm not sure what happened with DJ Chark. Uh, I'm guessing that Trevor Lawrence was just not very accurate at all. Um, but did you watch much of that game? No, I I did see that Marvin Jones keeps racking up like all the targets. So it's it's really interesting. Like if DJ Chark is gonna just kind of be kind of like the boom bust kind of guy, kind of like a uh, a very poor man's like DK Metcalf almost, like who can just kind of get those big bombs, but might have those weeks where kind of like what we had. We had a uh, one reception and four targets for 19 yards. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Lawrence has been really uninspiring to start the year, which is uh, not, I think, what everyone expected. So that's uh, that's definitely a cause for concern, I would think, moving forward. Well, actually, coming out of camp, a lot of uh, a lot of the beat writers were saying that they did not look all that great in camp. Uh, and even in some of the preseason games, they, they looked just unorganized and not really know what they're doing out there. And you, you can kind of see it now when the season starts. Um, mind you, they did play Denver. Denver's a fairly tough D. Uh, I forget who their first week matchup was, but um, yeah. They, it, up against, they were up against Houston in week one, and they got like uh, rolled by Houston, which is like not, not a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I'm on. I'm very much on Team Fire Urban Meyer already. Just I know that James <laughs> Robinson, James Robinson got back into the mix and had the majority of the carries and snap share uh, in Jacksonville this week, which I was very happy to see. But I still don't trust that that man. I, I just don't trust college coaches in general. They don't seem to play out very well uh, overall. You know, it's like Kingsbury, I guess, has been okay now that Arizona's coming around. I, I don't I, I don't know. It might, I might be missing some folks, but I just don't trust college coaches in general. I, I think the recent theme would agree with you. A lot of the college coaches coming in don't struggle, at least for a little bit. Um, they're probably just very different games, so who knows? Yeah, and, and you know, any, any excuse NFL owners can get, I think, to hire a young white guy over like an experienced black coach in the league i think they'll just jump at the chance to take it so it does it's not entirely surprising that's that's my cynical take on it 100 <laughs> percent. 
Well, on, on a lighter note, let's let's look at the week's matchups and kind of think about, uh, you know, any storylines that we saw uh, in any events with the players in the leagues, uh, any wins or losses amongst our league's managers that uh, maybe you want to touch on. Uh, I'll put the ball in your court here. Where do, where do you want to take us? Uh, I have a couple. Uh, the, the first one is uh, Chris, any, any matchup with Chris I find uh, pretty entertaining now because it's so heavily dependent on the Chiefs game that I feel like anyone on either side of that of that matchup is going to have a heart attack during that game. Like <laughs> any offensive drive for the Chiefs, it can either be twenty or thirty point swing instantly. <laughs> and I, I think I think there was I think there was one point where it was like a Mahomes fifty yard touchdown by Kelsey, which was actually insane. I don't know. I don't know if you uh, if you saw that one where he broke like five tackles, um, yeah, got him like twenty points. Um, so I feel like I I'm really against his uh, three player stack, but it is quite exciting to watch those matchups, even even not being involved in them. Against it, as in you don't think it's like sound strategy, or against it, as in you just like are terrified by it. Uh. I, probably a bit of both, but probably on the sound strategy side. Uh, if if there's any stack that you do it with, it would be the Chiefs. Uh, just thinking back, I can't think of a tight end, wide receiver, quarterback stack that I would actually gamble other than Kelsey, Hill, and Mahomes. Yeah, in our league, definitely. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything either. Like, Maybe in like the heyday of the Patriots, like maybe like that one season with like Brady, Moss, and Gronk or something like that. Yeah, fair. Beyond that, no, it's it's such a rare combination, I think, to uh, to have it just kind of line up so perfectly like that. Uh, and definitely you'll have weeks like what happened here where, you know, Mahomes had an average game. Kelsey had quite a good game, and then Tyree killed four targets, didn't do much with them, and that kind of hurts overall. And if you're all tied to that one offense, you are, you know, you're living and dying by the Chiefs. So yeah. I, I do, it does make me nervous. It would make me nervous as a manager every week to have so much riding just on one team and, and one game and stuff like that. Um, but it is but exciting. It's definitely exciting. And I mean, I'm curious. I don't think it's really happened yet. We almost saw it happen with the Saints, but like, if there's ever a COVID cancellation and the Chiefs are out, like that's gonna just completely fuck up Chris's week. Um, oh, so yeah. that that makes me a little bit worried on that front too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I wanted uh, I wanted to also talk about Danny's and uh, Andre's matchup because I, I mean it, it was fairly close. And <laughs> like I I kind of I'm I don't even want to say it, but I kind of starting to feel bad for Andre because. Dak going for seven, <laughs> Dak going for seven point points and losing by what do you lose by four or three points? That 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 has to be rough. Um, yeah, that's a kick in the sh- that's a kick in the balls, honestly. To like both both quarterbacks underperformed though. To be fair, in that matchup, Herbert only put up fifteen uh, in that, but definitely you'd hope for more from from Dak Prescott. Yeah, and, and I, I haven't been watching much of Chargers, but what's going on with uh, Herbert? Is he just not rushing as much as he used to? Uh, I mean, I haven't watched much either. I mean, I'm looking at uh, his line here. Like, he put up a ton of yards, just no touchdowns, it looked like. Uh, and, yeah, only only 12 yards rushing. Uh, and in his first game, he didn't rush at all, really, either. So that's probably a, a big component there. But I, you know what? I would expect with all the yards and all the attempts he's getting, like, he's already thrown the ball 
88 times this year. I would be shocked if that kind of ratio, you know, like one touchdown per 44 attempts holds up for Herbert. You'd, you'd have to expect that more touchdowns are going to come yeah. uh, for him. Yeah, for sure. And my, my favorite thing looking at that matchup, though, too, is is I don't know if I mentioned this on the earlier podcast, or I may have mentioned in the chat, uh, Andre has made his side bet with me that Antonio Gibson will be a top five ru- fantasy running back this year. And uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good right now about that bet. Uh, wow! Like just because he's he's I know I thought it was bold too. I thought it was real bold. Um, and it's kind of looking to be bold, especially now that uh, Taylor Heineke might be taken over there. I'm not sure how much he uh, will enjoy using Antonio Gibson in that, uh, especially now that Jared McKissick had a big game there. Uh, but I was glad anytime I'm, I'm just going to look over at Andre's matchup every week. And if I keep seeing, uh, low double digit, single digit, uh, points for Antonio Gibson, it's just going to, it's going to bring a lot of joy to my heart. <laughs> I, I'll give him that. I think, I, I don't know about top five, but I think Gibson is going to do a lot better. Um, he, he is quite efficient with what he gets. And I, I think Washington is going to figure out to use him more because, uh, he does, he does look quite good. Um, fantasy aside, I agree too. Yeah, um, but and I even I even said to him too, like I I I, I like Antonio Gibson to be like a, a bottom end wide uh, running back one, even potentially, you know, at, at his peak, maybe even a mid range RB one. But I just I, I don't really see the path to being an RB one, like the top five there. So uh, I was happy to jump at that chance to get what I think will be a, a free two, four. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> nice. And, and then I need to start recouping them after all the ones I lose to Danny every year. So yeah, of course, Dan, Danny's probably proud of that. And uh, he posted in the chat too. Zeke and Kamara tied for exact, the exact same amount of points with two weeks through. So that bet's looking like it's going to be a good one. Uh, injuries notwithstanding, I suppose. Was your money uh, on Kamara or Zeke? Sorry, I think I missed that bet. My money, yeah, because we he he owns he manages Zeke. I manage Kamara, so uh, my money. Yeah, we have our money on our own guys. Gotcha. So so you kind of doubled down because you also have Pollard, which <laughs> is starting to look kind of good right now. I know. Oh my! I'm <laughs> I. Every time I see Pollard score a touchdown, it makes me doubly happy <laughs> to know that he's taking one away from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, so uh, yeah, definitely having both hands there, and he's honestly looked kind of better than Ezekiel Elliott as the year started. That's that's the interesting storyline. I wonder if that, I, I wonder if he's turning heads in that Cowboys background. Like I know they've paid Ezekiel Elliott a ton of money, but like I don't know, I don't know how they may feel about that seeing Tony Pollard look as good as he has. Do you think there's anything you know worth watching there, or is this just still going to stay Zeke's backfield? Do you think? I, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I have Pollard in, in a couple of leagues, and um, I'm definitely hanging on. Uh, I think on the offensive side, he's he's definitely looking really good. Um, and, and there might be something to worry about there. And, and even, like, thinking about McCarthy, he he's not known to just rely on one back. So that that's definitely trending towards that direction where you might see more of a committee. But um, on Zeke's front... He, he, his his uh, uh, blocking is just unreal. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the games, but like he saved Dak probably a good two or three times from getting injured again. Yeah, I've seen some highlight clips on Twitter. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, so so he's not gonna go away, and I I think they're they're definitely gonna run him into the ground as much as they can. But 
it, it's an interesting situation. I, I definitely would sit on Pollard. Um, at, at least I am. Uh, it might it might turn out quite well in your favor. Fingers crossed. I'm I'm hoping for it. Uh, one one last storyline I want to get into, and this is again touching on uh, Danny's team here. Uh, we may be seeing the ascension of Justin Fields uh, coming to the starting lineup if Andy Dalton's uh, old man ankles can't hold up. Uh, or is it his shoulder? I can't remember which one. But, uh, you know, with, with Fields potentially... This... I thought it was a knee. Was it a knee? I, honest, I, I knew it was some sort of injury, but it was something that there was some uh, doubt over whether Dalton would play, or rather severe doubt, it seemed like. Yeah. So I, I would imagine if Fields takes over week three, I would have a hard time seeing that uh, Matt Nagy looking back and, you know, turning back and, and starting Dalton again. How excited or nervous should owners of Chicago offensive players be with this? Is this, uh, you know, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney to the moon? Or uh, is this, should we temper our expectations uh, for Justin Fields and this offense? I think it's going to be a rough go to start. But it might turn out well towards the end. Um, I I think Montgomery might suffer because uh, Fields will definitely carry it quite a bit, so he's going to lose some touches there. Um, but yeah, my I, I'm a big fan of Fields. I, I was quite upset that uh, Chicago got him before Patriots could. Um, he doesn't really fit the Patriots game plan. So I, I can see why they wouldn't even plan for it, but um, I I think towards the end of the year it might pan out. Um, what about you? Yeah, I feel like I'm looking at his early matchups. Like next week is against Cleveland, which is a pretty stout defense. Uh, so there might be some worry with that. But then he goes up against Detroit, Las Vegas, and Green Bay, all teams that I think you can feel fairly comfortable passing on. Uh, so that could just, you know, build up the rookie confidence, could uh, start getting that offense into a swing there. So I'm I'm a little bull. I'm going to ho- I'm going to be bullish here. I'm going to hope that uh, field starts showing out and that Allen Robinson can have some pretty good weeks and that, uh, you know, hopefully Montgomery benefits from that. I'm I'm bullish on Chicago. I want to see them succeed, which I. You know, feels weird. Again, anything that makes Danny happy, I don't really like saying. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that would. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about uh, a potential uh, week three start for Justin Fields. You, you didn't mention the wall of Tampa, 49ers, and Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I I did uh, deliberately stop that one, which is true. And then Baltimore um, after. That'll be rough. But you know what? They'll at least have the bye after that, so they can recover from the three-week thrashing that they'll have from uh, week seven to nine. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah, so let's uh, let's transition into the end of the pod here and start thinking about the upcoming week and our waiver wires coming up. So uh, right now, looking at uh, the trending section here on Sleeper, by far the most added player who's available in our league uh, is Cordarell Patterson. Uh, so Taras is a guy who's kind of maybe lacking uh, some wide receivers if uh, Deontay goes down and, and Chark isn't feeling too hot. Uh, is is Corderell Patterson a guy you're willing to spend up some fab budget for, or is he kind of a stay away for you? Uh, I, I'll probably drop something. I don't know if I go crazy on it. Um, the, the Falcons in general just look like a shit show right now. Uh, kind of reminds me of last year, too. 
um, where their running back situation was was quite bad. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's going to be he's going to be anyone to save your season. Uh, so I, I wouldn't splurge. I think I mentioned earlier. I think this week in general is quite weak in terms of waivers, uh, but that's just my opinion. I, I don't. I don't. Is there anyone that you're eyeing in particular? Yeah, I I do still like some of these wide receivers that are showing up uh, kind of across the board here. Like I think KJ Osborne, Quintez Cephas, and uh, Barrios even to a certain extent have some appeal. Like Barrios almost gives me similar kind of Sterling Shepard vibes as before, just kind of as being the safety valve for Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, who hopefully will not throw four interceptions every week. Um, but you know, you look at that, eighteen targets through two games is is pretty strong. Uh, for a guy on a Jets offense, so uh, that that might be something worth looking out for. I I'm kind of with you though on the Cordell Patterson point. Like he's he's never really shown that he can be a focal point of an offense. Like everyone always wants to try and work him in somehow, and then eventually offenses realize that like they shouldn't because he's not a terribly good player. Uh, but you know the the Falcons seem intent on trying that now, and I was I was chatting with our resident uh, Falcons fan Camille about this in one of our group chats just being like you know if I was if I was the the Falcons and I was Matt Ryan and I wanted to win a football game instead of giving the ball to Corderell Patterson a ton I might instead try throwing more to you know Calvin Ridley or (laughs) even maybe Kyle Pitts like maybe I'm just crazy but that seems like the kind of thing that I would do if I wanted to win a football game Um, but maybe I just don't know how to win football games well, you 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 have you struggle with fantasy football games. So, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Uh, I had to take the jab. No, I think it's it's well earned and uh, it's well received. I thank you, sir. May I have some more? Um, are you? I I know the the, the Panthers are likely a, a hot streaming commodity for defenses. I know you got the the Pat the Patriot the Patriots, Patriots. The Patriots defense there. Um, is is that a defense that you're feeling confident holding on to as the year goes on? I, I don't know if you've ever really been a defense streaming kind of guy. I usually change them up week to week. That's usually my strategy. Uh, I believe they have pretty... What's the matchup next? You got New Orleans next week. Yeah, I, I'd probably gamble on New Orleans. I'm not I'm not convinced that they're a good team yet. Um, but I, I think they have some tough matchups coming up, so I'll probably change it up afterwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there, there's that weird little point there. Like week four they face Tampa, but then week five they face Houston, but then week six they face Dallas, and then week seven they play the Jets. So they really kind of yo-yoing there in terms of quality offenses there. Yeah, I drafted them with the intention of playing them the first three weeks, just just because based on the matchups, and then I I think by week three you have kind of a better understanding of where defenses are at because it's it's really hard to gauge at the start of season. Uh, or at least I find, in terms of what's going to be a good fantasy-producing defense. Um, Yeah, for sure. And go from there. But uh, just on the waiver front, on Berrios, I I would like to flag that Crowder's coming back soon, right? I think he was... Oh, yeah, that's true. I always forget that he's, like... He just seems like he's been around forever. I don't know how long he has been around, but it feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's totally true. That he's probably something to worry about there. But he he fills that slot role that Berrios does, and he 
every year he gets a, a million targets. Doesn't matter who the shitty coach or quarterback is, but um, it just figured I'd drop that for anyone that wants to splurge on Barrios. Yeah, fair, good shout, good shout. Uh, and, and you know, just think about the defenses too. I'm going to be hoping against hope that uh, the Pats defense really does fail you because I'm going <laughs> to be looking for Kamara to uh, really start showing out because every Kamara touchdown is a, a shot against you. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers that the the the, the Saints can kind of get out of it together this week. That's fair. Uh, I I wish you the the worst. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, so actually, with that in mind, wishing me the worst. Uh, you know, we've come to the end here looking at parting shots. Is there any, any shit you want to talk to me with our matchup this week or any manager out there who you want to maybe drop some smack talk on before we uh, call it a week? I mean, I, I think it's only fitting that I drop it on you, right? Because we're matched up. I didn't, even when you asked me, I didn't know we were matched up. So it kind of works out well. Yeah, I honestly didn't either. I was like, literally, I think I asked you and then I was like, oh, look, we're facing each other next week. That's perfect. I mean, the the one thing I have to ask is, I think in your uh, weekly ranking or bi-weekly ranking, you said that you don't really have any weaknesses, but I don't. do you honestly think that? Like, you're RB2, you're, you're confident in Tyson Williams or Damian Harris? You're confident in a New England running back or <laughs> Robinson? Well, what are, we, what, what are our expectations for what an RB2 is going to produce? Uh, RB2 is, I'd say, 10 to 15 range, in my mind. Oh, then I'm 100% confident that Damian Harris and Tyson Williams, and even moving forward, James Robinson can fill that role. I'm feeling very confident about that. Okay, that, 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 that's, that's your take. Why shouldn't I be? Why should I, not, why should I not be confident? I mean, as a Patriots fan, relying on any running back on the Patriots uh, for, for that 10 to 15 is quite tough. Um, but who's challenging Harris for carries? Like, you know, like Ramondre Stevenson and J.J. Taylor are not going to usurp Damian Harris, I don't think. Not after they spent a first-round pick on him. No, but just the way Belichick uses running backs. and I, I don't have that same confidence that you have, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, my, my thought on that is, like, the last first-round running back that I can remember the Pats taking was one Lawrence Maroney. And he got a fuck ton of a workload out there while he was there. Like, obviously, they still had, like, you know, your Kevin Falks and your James Whites for, like, some passing downs. But once they had that first-round guy, they didn't really have that rotation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, aren't you forgetting your, uh, your favorite Sony Michelle right there? Was he a first-rounder? He was a first-rounder right before, uh, right, well, okay. right, right before Lamar Jackson. I was very butthurt about that. Right, that's what it was. Yeah, because I think he's like end of the first round. Yeah, so he, like he's like a thirtieth pick. pick. Yeah, something like that. I was very upset about that draft. But your your theory's falling apart as you speak. This goes back to my Sony Michelle hate. I just <laughs> I never thought he was a good player. Uh, but I I, and I always even when they drafted Harris, like it seemed obvious to me that Harris was already better than Sony Michelle. Um, but I I don't know. Like I just I just uh, trust the talent there. And okay. even with that too. I think Robinson is. I think is getting prime now. Like that's the the snap rate and the touches were really really encouraging to me. Uh, even if Jacksonville as a team is not overly encouraging, 
uh, I still feel like I can get RB2 value out of a mix of those three guys every week. Or I can, you know, finagle something going on there. Again, like I said in the podcast at the beginning, my biggest worry going into this was wide receiver two. And all of Cooks, Chase, and Jones are looking like strong bets there. Uh, so Who's yeah, the no quarterback in Houston? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I, my follow-up to that is, who are the other wide receivers in Houston? Th- fair. That's fair. But, I mean, all, all it takes is just double double down on Cooks, and, and, and teams are going to figure it out. Like it, Cooks is not a guy that can win, win against uh, um, just being locked down on in a matchup, in my mind. I'd, no, he's definitely not like a world beater or anything like that. Yeah. But when you're if you're being force fed like ten targets a game and that's probably gonna happen because Houston's probably gonna be throwing from behind a shit ton this year. Uh it, it seems really likely to me that Cooks, even just on volume, even if he just keeps putting up like, you know, eight receptions and sixty five yards, that's still, you know, double digit points in a week, which is a pretty good floor, I think, to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, I think sure. there's a lot more questions than uh, than you make it out to be. I disagree wholeheartedly, and uh, as I said, my rankings are accurate and unassailable, so I will not uh, accept any of this slander. <laughs> I, I will uh, I will uh, put a shout-out for Paul's team, though, because I, I think you're, you're unfairly uh, ranking him low. Um, let me pull up his team. I, that was the one thing. I, I thought he should be a bit higher than what you had him. Um, I just, I, I can't, I just don't see it on that team. I don't see he, the quality there. He got a bit fucked by Jacobs being out. Um, but that I think was going to happen. Like I, I had a decent amount of confidence that Jacobs was going to either split carries with Drake or probably miss time. And I think that kind of came to fruition there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Ronald Jones, I still think was a brutal pick. I like. I think that I. I think anyone should have seen that coming a mile away. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure why I even have Fournette, but um, I. I would be wherever Ronald Jones went. I would much rather pick Fournette in that case. I. I, th- I think I just he just landed on my team, um, but I'd probably avoid both both of them. But out of the two, uh, I think Jones was overpaid significantly, but. But yeah, other than that, I, I I don't I don't understand the hate for his team. I, I think it's actually quite good. Jackson's starting to look. Well, where's the love? I need I need you to tell me why I'm low on him because I I frankly don't see it. Why you're low on? You tell me. Oh, sorry, like why? Sorry, rather why are you high on him? I mean, Jackson Jackson is looking pretty good. Back to more his former self. Uh, Baltimore's blocking is insane, and I I think they're going to take advantage of that. Um, all year, uh, Taylor had a couple of bad games, but I, I think he's going to be great all year. Um, Carson Wentz going down, it's definitely not going to help him, but I think he's pretty solid. Jacobs, I like. Um, injury aside, I think he, I think he wins that job over Drake easily. He he looks much better than me at least. Uh, Debo looks pretty solid. Diggs is Diggs. I think he's going to be a top five receiver. Fant is going to be a pretty good tight end in my mind. Uh, there's with Judy going down, he he's a he's number one or two on that on that team right now. Uh, Julio is surprising. He he actually surprised me. He's looking pretty decent. Um, 
don't know if you thought he was going to play well, but uh, I, I think he's going to hurt AJ a lot this year unless he goes down, um, especially with how little uh, Tennessee throws. Yeah, I can see that happening. And then the, the rest of his team, I mean, Galladay, uh, if New York figures it, figures it out, Galladay might be pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's got a solid starting team. Uh, if Jacobs come back, comes back soon, he, he should be all right. All right. Well, you know, I'm not going to debate you too much on it because I want to end on a positive note. I feel like there's been too much trash talking of Paul uh, <laughs> to start off the year. So I want to end on a positive note. Paul, take that take that to the bank. You feel feel good this week, bud. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, you guys trashed him so much. I, I figured I'd, uh, I'd mention it. That's fair. I can get behind that. Well, I think we've come to the end here, Taras. I want to thank you again for, for joining us this week. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Talk to a, a manager who is always in the mix come the end of the season. And I'm, I have little doubt that that's going to be the case again this year, barring anything catastrophic on your team. So, uh, yeah, I wish you all the worst this week, and uh, I'll see you in the playoffs. Thanks for having me. Uh, I hope your team just crashes and burns. So, folks, next week we'll be back here, same time, same place, reviewing the week three games in action. But until then, keep crying. Is this where I cry?